guys. Welcome to episode nine of the Festival Rules. I'm Josh Horowitz. And I'm Ben Lyons. We have another action-packed episode of the Festival Rules right here on Action Park Media. You got the chance to sit down with Carrie Mulligan and Bo Burnham. Yep, Promising Young Woman, one of the most talked about films at Sundance. I'm happy to report it's a great film. This is a very fun conversation coming up in just a little bit with two of the stars. And you, Ben, got a chance to talk to the stars of a smaller film, but a film that you really dug, I know. Yeah, Beast Beast, produced by Alec Baldwin. We caught up with Alec earlier in the week, but had a chance as well to sit down with two breakout stars uh, of the film and, and the festival, really. Shirley Chen and Will Madden. It's a story of uh, high kids in high school, and it's very po- uh, political, and it's got a lot, a lot going on to it. So we'll catch up with those guys a little bit later on in this episode. But first up, I want to talk, Ben, because we, you know, we've been seeing a lot of movies. It's, we're, we're trying to like cover as many as possible. The days start to blend, dude. Yeah, they and, really do. And sometimes the movies blend, but I won't say these movies blended. We, did, no, we, we, we definitely did, did not. We did a very uniquely Sundance double feature the other day, where we saw back to back a small character study kind of a film called The Last Shift, followed by a uniquely, um, uh, how do I describe this documentary? A documentary that that, that you can't imagine even exists called Truffle Hunters. Um, which, let's start with The Last and, Shift. And then had a crazy encounter in the parking lot. We'll oh, get to right. that okay. too. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, let's start with The Last Shift. As you mentioned, uh, an intimate character study. Richard Jenkins is the lead. It's his last shift at a rundown fast food joint where he's been working for over 30 years and he's assigned to train uh, his replacement uh, who's um, has no interest in being a fast food worker. And it's a commentary about the death of the American dream. Ed O'Neill is his best friend. They live in this as Ed O'Neill describes it shithole town in Michigan. And it's a great performance from Richard Jenkins in an intimate story that might have been better as a play, quite frankly, than right. as a film, but has a lot going on to it and some heart and, again, a great lead performance from Richard Jenkins. Yeah, I mean, definitely I would I would uh, enthusiastically uh, agree with you on the Richard Jenkins front. This guy is always excellent, um, and it is a, a unique opportunity to see him in a leading role. Um, he's had these opportunities here and there over the years to kind of be front and center, and it's always good to see him in a in a role as juicy as this. Uh, it's written written and directed by Andrew Cohn. It is a slight film. It is a smaller film. It's not going to get, I would imagine, a robust robust huge release, but it's worth seeing if not, for nothing else to see Richard's performance. What's the name of the young actor who plays opposite Richard? I believe it's Shane Paul McGee. Yeah, he's he's definitely a star to watch. And again, a lot of the the thing uh, at Sundance is not so much discovering the film, but trying to discover talent and seeing new names and faces and hearing voices. So totally. he, he does an excellent job holding his own as the kid. You know, it's interesting. The idea of a fast food restaurant, one guy at the end of his life realizing that what did it all mean? What, what what was it all for? And another guy who's just starting out his life and realizing, oh, I don't want to be like this guy. There's a lot going on to it yeah. that I could hold on to, and I understand what the appeal was. The uh, the other film that uh, I'll admit it was your idea to go to, oh, and then man, I got I was fired up for this I, one. Are I you got, kidding? Well, I, I realized then also it was going to kind of be a reunion for us because a couple years back we saw a really great documentary called The Last Race at uh, Sundance, um, and this is the follow up from the filmmaker. It's called The Truffle Hunters, uh, and it is as advertised. It's about truffle hunters, this very unique profession that may be dying out. Who knows in twenty fifty years if there will be any people doing this. Uh, And it kind of captures in Italy these beautiful scenes, these kind of beautiful people that have committed their lives to hunting for this exotic food. Yeah, I'm so glad we got to see this together because as you mentioned, the last race, 
directed by Michael Dwick and Gregory Kershaw, one of my favorite films, not only of Sundance 2018, but of that entire year. They have a a high art background, right? Their work was, as photographers has been on display in museums around the world and galleries. And The Last Race was his first narrative doc. This, their follow-up, and has that type of verite feel to it where the camera just kind of uh, sits back yeah, and lingers. And, lingers right? yeah. and, you, and you immerse yourself in the lives of these old men hunting in the woods with their trained dogs and the beautiful relationship between nature and man and beast. And you, you see the, the work and the tradition and the pride that these beautiful souls take in finding these delicious truffles that, you know, aren't even appreciated really when they find their way to the plates of billionaires around the world. It's just another thing for them to consume in their life of luxury. And you right. kind of, and that washes over you. Uh, throughout the film. It's a beautiful experience. Yeah. It's all in Italian too, all subtitles. That's a, g- a good way to put it. That let this film wash over you. It is, it's, 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 it's not a, a, a huge narrative. It's not like, I think I was going in expecting more about the business of truffles, the prices and all that stuff. There's a tiny bit a of that. sense of it. Tiny bit of it, but it really is just about luxuriating in these lives, in this storied tradition and in these older men's lives that have committed themselves to this very unique occupation. It's gorgeously shot. There's uh, the cinematography is great. There's an amazing couple sequences kind of like of a dog cam for lack of a better term, where you're like <laughs> literally like in, you feel like you're a virtual reality in the, but in that's the what he did in the last race too. He mounted the camera on the hoods of those cars. The last race, a documentary about the last racetrack in long Island uh, stock car racing. And he, he using that kind of different perspective uh, as opposed to a traditional narrative form, creates a whole unique experience for his type of documentaries, along with his partner, Gregory Kershaw. So yeah. big fans of those guys. And I'm glad that we, you and I took a trip for about an hour and a half to the northern mountains of Italy. And then we are <laughs> in the mountains of Utah. And in the parking lot outside the Fresh Market, we run into Danielle T. Hansley Jr. and Kezi Curtis, a.k.a. Swear to God, two of the kids from Charm City Kings. And... That's what makes Sundance Sundance. And you shouted them out. Swear to God, loved you guys in uh, Charm City Kings. And they just lit up. Yeah. And in 10 years, when we see those guys as huge movie stars or wherever their lives take them, we'll remember that intimate moment. And and, uh, I just love Sundance, how you can be transported into these magical worlds of truffles and bike gangs in Baltimore, all within, uh, I don't know, the parking lot of a fresh literally, market. Literally, it's so yeah. cool. No, that was a cool moment. I'm glad, glad I got a chance to see that. Um, also glad I, uh, I got a chance to catch up with these two actors we're about to throw to this conversation I had with Carrie Mulligan and Bo Burnham. These are two actors that have actually a real deep connections with Sundance. Bo Burnham, you may remember from a couple years back when he brought his uh, directing debut, his writing directing debut, Eighth Grade, which obviously was hugely well-received. He's back at Sundance for the first time. Carrie Mulligan, way back when, emerged on the scene with an education. And obviously, he's one of those actors that always uh, is delivering stellar work. And she really does in this film, Promising Young Woman. You felt this one out there. You could hear the sort of anticipation before this uh, premiere screening, but then after it played, to see the reviews, to talk to people on the buses, and to really kind of feel it afterwards. Uh, it's definitely a big one this year. Yeah, I'm into this one. It's kind of like a revenge black comedy, very much uh, a su- uh, suitable and appropriate for our times. Carrie's at the center of it. Uh, Bo is kind of a love interest that uh, seems to be a good guy, unlike many of the other guys in the film. Um, I really enjoyed catching up with these two. He- enjoy my chat with the stars of Promising Young Woman, Carrie Mulligan, 
and Bo Burnham. I feel like you guys are doing Sundance in the right way. I'm joined by Bo Burnham and Carrie Mulligan because you're coming off of a movie that was pretty well received, to say the least, Promising Young Woman. And you've been here in different capacities over the years. Yes. Does this feel like a, like a, a less stressful way to do Sundance? This is the most stressful way I've ever done Sundance. Really? <laughs> no, it's, uh, I probably feel, I felt the most nervous and most, yeah, kind of mind blowingly terrified last night than I more than anything I've ever been here before but also I did a we've been doing photos a lot and then I did a photo just with me and Emerald and it and I love her and I'm so proud of her to the point where I burst into tears in the variety <laughs> step and repeat and had to for a good photo walk well, away. If, I, if I just ever ever am in a variety step and repeat I'm already emotional <laughs> yeah, I mean it brings up a lot of emotions oh deep um, uh, so you were here last with eighth grade, yeah, your baby, yeah. So I was, I was, you know, very, very terrified of that, just because that was like, you know, um, you know, two years of work and just a lot for me. But this is a different type of terror because it's my face, which is like, you know what I mean, which I cannot vouch for. You right. know what I mean, it was a part of me come with eighth grade, going like, if you don't like it, I don't care. Like me and this kid, we made this and I love it. If they don't like my face, I'm like, you know, that's right. It yes. could have been one of those things where, like, everybody was so good. <laughs> totally. Bo brought oh, it down. Oh, my God. Totally. It's also like, it's also like, <laughs> it's just, you know what I mean? I get it. If someone were to say, I know I'm like, you do. yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you think I thought I should have got this? It's like she's co starring with, like, you know what I mean? I am a combo breaker. <laughs> I'm saying it's like, you know, it's like Leo, Gosling, Gyllenhaal, Burnham. I mean, that's like, the list. No that's the was, short list. No one, no one was making that uh, next step. You're saying that in the wrong order. Am I? Burn him. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hell yeah. You turned down The Revenant. That's the only way Leo got that exactly. one. Exactly. That's what happened. Exactly. Okay, I, well, I, I was in the bear. Um, but no, I, I, I'm I, here to show normal people that we can do it too. It's an inspiring story that comes out. It really is. Oh, my God. That's actually what this film's about. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of misconceptions. <laughs> so for you, I mean, I can understand why there are nerves in this one. This is your first EP credit. Do I have that right? The first uh, film you've produced? Oh, yeah, but that doesn't mean anything. That, the, that part's <laughs> yeah. She was sitting there, a terrified executive producer. <laughs> I had, I, this is, I'd seen the film once before. Like, I've literally done Got nothing. It. I, I, it was just, a, you know, it was just like a nice thing that they did Understood. because I came onto the film early. That's all. Got it. Okay, so... You can say that publicly, right? It's the truth. It's, yes, yes, yeah, yes, I didn't yes, do yes, any work no, but I think in theory, title. I think you were deeply invested in oh, sorry, invested and yeah. um yeah exactly yes yeah yeah so what about okay so, investment. so so how does this one develop where, where does this one come from is it the character is it the uh i mean like, give me a sense of sort of oh, why this why yeah, why this why do this one yeah uh uh yeah script was sort of the most brilliant thing i'd read since wildlife you know um which was so brilliant in a completely different way um and so i was immediately you know i've had this sort of like funny kind of my agent a long time ago told me that I should only sort of if whilst I was in a very lucky moment in my career um in a very pr- kind of privileged position to be able to say no to things that I should um only do things if I couldn't bear the idea of anyone else doing it and that's right. obviously how I felt about this part and triply so having met Emerald um and it's the moment I met her I just thought if anyone else does this I'll just cry myself to sleep were you a fan of Killing Eve yeah, very much so. So Emma yeah. was the showrunner in the second season. On the second right? season, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and, and I can understand, I mean, having seen this film, it's obviously apples and oranges to some degree, but there are some very delicate tonal balances that Killing Eve is able to achieve and I think this film is able to achieve. Mm. I mean, 
was that a concern in terms of like striking the right tone of this film? Because it's obviously dealing with some weighty, important subjects, but it's also quite comedic. Hmm. Um, is that something that on the page was clear to you? Like, okay, I, I know what this is shooting for and I know how to how to deliver performance in the key of this. No, I mean, I knew, I knew that Emerald would get it right. I didn't know how she was going to do it. And, you know, the script read brilliantly, but in the hands of the wrong person, you could totally fall into those pitfalls. Like it, it required someone... I mean, the only person who could have done it is Emerald. Right. Um, but actually, I was it was so freeing because I didn't ever have to worry about that. I didn't, I didn't have to think, like, is this taking this too far or is this, you know, I just knew she's so smart and she's so thoughtful and she knew exactly her vision was so clear. I just felt I could just play the part right. and she would protect the narrative of it, which she did. Excellent. Do we think that this film would exist five, ten years ago? Is this a, a post- me Too film that can only exist in kind of like a rejiggered world where we're a little bit more hopefully attuned and sensitive to um, <laughs> some of the horrible acts that that men have portrayed uh, over millennia. <laughs> mm. um, I mean, do you think this is a different movie based on the time frame we're in, or is this could this movie have been made ten years ago? Go on, you take it. Okay. Um, it could have made, I think it could have been made 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Could it have been, I don't know, could it have been fully financed and had the backing of, would, would truly would men be in the frame of mind to receive it or even be aware of it? Because truthfully, and Emerald talks much more elegantly about this than I do, um, or ever could, is that the Me Too movement, you know, in general was actually men just becoming aware of something women were totally aware of right. for years. So mm-hmm. could a woman like Emerald, have written this story 10 years ago? Of course they had access to this. Mm. Um, was it enough in the cultural conversation to be given a, uh, a certain platform? Maybe the platform would change, and mm. certainly like the film itself does exist post mm. that era. So I, I think luckily the audience, and I'll say the male portion of the audience, is a little more literate in the grammar of the films like morality. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Emerald said, like this is just, you know, Dudes are just going like, oh, so now you make the immune. I'm not saying you, but I'm saying mm. I felt the no, same I way. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. It's like, this has been a, you know, I mean, this has been, this was happening. And Emerald's point is that, you know, she was at pains to make sure that there's nothing that happens in the film that hasn't happened in a, like, comedy in the last 20 years. Like, we've all seen these things right. happen. in a different context. And we've just seen yeah. them in a completely different light from a different perspective. And we've laughed at it. And I, I have, you know. Um, so there's nothing in there that's actually that shocking in terms of what we've all been exposed to growing up. We're just seeing it in a totally different light. Totally. Did the film play as you expected it to play? Like you're sitting in the audience last night. Are you watching the audience or watching the screen? I was watching my the floor and, and the my giant palms. face. Yeah, I'll open my eyes <laughs> okay. now. But I definitely didn't know. I mean, I, I didn't expect it to play anyway. I mean, it's like I don't know. I felt. <sighs> I, it's all sort of white noise and like heart, like my heart, yeah. the sound of my heart beating. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then someone went to the toilet and that made me really angry. And <laughs> should have followed them and be like, now? I should have done. <laughs> um, no, so it was hard to, I mean, I was thrilled with how it went down. Like it was so nice to hear yeah. people laughing in all the places that we, like the places where we laugh, you know, um, and places that we didn't expect. And and I, yeah, we, they were a great crowd. So it was fun. This is, uh, I don't know if this is the first film to make use of Paris Hilton's music, but certainly the best use of Paris Hilton's uh, music I've ever I heard. Mean, in yes. 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 100%. Eyes wide shut. 
briefly. I always forget that scene. Yeah, right, yeah. right. When they enter the whole place yeah, and yeah. stars are blind plays. Yeah, yeah. Mars Hunter loves Paris. So were you already, did you know the lyrics by heart going into your scene, the stars are blind? Were you familiar no, with them? No, we literally had to learn them. We were given them and we had to take home and learn them. And if we talk about this being a challenging film to make and perform in, yeah. by far the most challenging yeah. day of the entire shoot was lip syncing to Stars Are Blind on set with about 40 people around us, with no one else being able to hear the music because we were wearing oh, yeah. earpieces. earpieces and just That's like, when the real acting comes in, where you can like, shut out the person in your brain saying, I look like an idiot. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. No, well, acting is, is sorry, not- acting is humiliation. I mean, it really, truly is <laughs> deeply humiliating. Um, and the power, like, it's incredible that people have the strength to do that. Um, yeah, that was, I'll that was never forgive yeah. Emerald. Yeah. I'll never forgive yeah. her. This yeah. is one of the better soundtracks. Actually, was, doing ADR for it was worse. Well, that was me. the worst because we had to do ADR <laughs> and then I had to like <laughs> breathly be like, hey, hey, hey. and then I was like, and I, and I called Emerald, I'm like, do you know what lip syncing is? You wrote lip syncing. Okay? Wait, this is a spoiler. I okay, think this okay. is a spoiler. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> We've teased it. Now but they're running know, to the theater. Like, love is humiliating. Right. You know what I mean? You yeah. do such stupid stuff yeah. when you think you're funny and you yeah. look back and you go like, oh my God. God, we've I think worse. there's a bit in the film where you go, montage, 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 montage with the Christmas. <laughs> oh, no, really? I, mean, I think that's what Jesus. you were saying. When we were shooting a montage, <laughs> like montage, so we said the word montage like a bit. So you can see him silently saying montage, We knew there was going to be no sound montage. on it. So yeah, it was like, right. montage, montage, montage. That's amazing. That's oh why he's the God. true professional that know, he is. Leo does that too, a lot. Oh, oh my God, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so this, I was going to say this has an amazing soundtrack. You've actually had a, quite a number of films when I think of Drive or Inside Lewin Davis, like you've got some of the great soundtracks of all time. Oh, Even yeah. the, the the remix of Britney in this one is oh, exceptional. Oh, the remix on the, and the new music on this, the sound on the uh, the soundtrack for this film is so cool. Yeah. Is that a, a nice bonus you find out after the fact, or is that something that well, you're, some you're of the songs into? like a lot of the playlists that Emerald gave us when we do you get that Spotify? I right? didn't know. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I was uh, <clears throat> preparing properly, but yeah. um, Emerald, no, she, well, she I knows. I was at St. Jude's cutting kids open for six yeah, months. of course. I, I, play really? a, I play a surgeon and then without cutting. Yeah, they're <laughs> following no sense. That's how he I may appear for every role. I play a pediatric surgeon despite my face. <laughs> Um, but like the, mu- the, pl- the playlist she gave me before we met for the first time I read the script and then listened to the playlist and the first thing on the playlist is Boys which is the opening track on the film and Toxic is on the, on the playlist twice in two different ways the original and the remix and uh, Something Wonderful and I mean there's so much that actually ends up in the film but then they also had this incredible all these brilliant women yeah. writing new music for us I mean the, the soundtrack is Brilliant. It really is. It's so great. Your character, uh, Bo, talks about the difficulties in height, height differential for dating, how it looks like he's dating children, essentially, in yeah. real life. Is that something you've encountered in your own life? <clears throat> hmm? No. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, being tall, it's not all it's cracked up to be. I mean, I'm 6'6", six, six, which is, like, not cool. I mean, 6'2", yeah. is cool. 6'3", cool. 6'6", six, six, like, structurally unsound. <laughs> it's so great, though, in a place like this, like last night in the after party I was like where's both areas yeah. very easy very to useful. spot in yeah. crowd yeah. rooms it's I handy mean, for you us you know I get any taller I'm going to be directed by Robert Eggers <laughs> <laughs> wow you can only do that joke at Sundance by yes, the way exactly <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean I'm the way I am oh sorry yes that was an ad lib, right? Or was it? No, she had something about it. There was, I can't. There was some. I don't. I don't know. We would just talk. And, Mo- and montage, my, montage, my, montage. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> my height is a thing. I mean, I was actually very pleased to see I don't look gargantuanly tall. Right. 
I mean, but that, what do you think, Josh? It was on the border. No, okay, no, no, you that's fine. No, you look I'll take the border, Josh. <laughs> um, this podcast in particular, we're doing, we're, it's called the Festival Rules. We're kind of like keying people in that don't have the opportunity to go to festivals. Mm. Like what it's like to experience something like Sundance. And it's mm. kind of hard to articulate sometimes, I think. Mm. Do you have a rule that you would impart to somebody that goes to Sundance for the first time in terms of like a way to appreciate and enjoy it? Ooh. I'm just trying to conceive. I think a 50-yard rule is always good. What does that But I mean that for like film and theater. A 50-yard rule is that you wait until you're 50 yards away from the venue where you've just watched the film before you start Uh, saying anything. Because uh, I have on numerous occasions walked out of screenings and of my own plays, the plays that I've done and heard people saying horrible things about my performance (laughs) or about the play as a whole or the film as a whole. So Uh, 50-yard rule, just like, wait, come on, whatever you have to say, no matter how much you hated it, you can give yourself 50 yards to get away from the venue in case you unwittingly devastate somebody. I love that. That is a new one we've gotten. I'd like a 50-minute rule to tweet about it. (laughs) Yes. It's called like the credits roll. I'm like, you're tweeting. Just sit with it for a second. Yeah. Um, But no, I'm just trying to conceive of this like, these normal people that have never been to festivals. It's Can very you imagine? Hard to imagine. Very Barefoot. Hard to imagine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just like just eating raw oats out of yeah. troughs. Right. Yeah. Um, you in your gilded cage, you can't <laughs> oh my possibly. Lord. I mean, I can't even see them through my lanyards. Right. Um, but no. Uh, you can't see it right now, but Bo is literally sitting on a throne that he <laughs> yeah. brought into the room with him, which is an odd thing. No, I just, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I find this festival just like very kind and like the the local people of salt of like park city right and utah are just so great oh yeah that's to say i've never had a bad experience at sundance with someone saying something horrible i'm just saying like as a rule for like going to watch someone's work it's a nice thing to just you know be mindful so i mentioned eighth grade was obviously a huge turning point for you here did it and did an education premiere here as well yes yes, so i mean again similar actually Mm. this was the place where your career really was born in a way Mm. i mean do you associate it with that key moment in your life and career yeah kind of I mean like you know yeah I mean I had no idea what was going on and I can barely remember any of that but I did come to this festival thinking I was going to get sort of I had a nightmare the week before we came here for an education where they they sent they like flew me home in disgrace from the (laughs) festival um because I'd watched the film on my own in a screening room and I I thought every Everything I did was so, I was like, I, I called my mum in tears and I said, I don't do anything. I just, I just, I look like weird and I don't do anything <laughs> and it's so boring and everyone's going to hate it. And I was like literally in like tears walking down the street in LA and then came here and then people liked it. And then this mad thing happened over a year and suddenly you had to go to all these parties and I cried at most of them. And, and then that was it. And that's like... 15 million years ago. So, but but the experience here before all that stuff right. started, which I took way too seriously because I was 23 or 24, whatever. Like the moment here, the couple of days we were here was amazing. Right. Like the cast was here. I was here with Peter Sarsgaard and like Lona Scherfig. And it was so, that was so wonderful. And then it, and then it, you know, obviously turns into the machine and then it's a different deal. But like this was really special. I'm always curious because like, I, you know, I met you briefly a couple of times on the awards circuit for eighth grade and I even met you for the first time, I think for an education. Mm. Like in those seasons, you kind of like meet your fellow nominees and contenders in that season. Are these relationships that last? Did you oh. make lasting like bonds through the eighth grade awards season? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, Paul Schrader and I are play mini golf ever. No. I was, uh, no, no, because <laughs> no, no, it's also like a surreal group. Yeah. You know, like a very, very surreal group that, that like it's a, a pretty arbitrary combo just yeah. that you happen to be in the room. Um, but 
No, I mean, I made like, yeah, more like the, actually more like kind of getting, I think through A24 more than through the, like meeting Ari and, and the right. Safties and stuff. Like I've stayed friends with them and, and stuff, but uh, the, I don't know. The I mean, secret it's A24 not... handshake that you guys all have. I mean, that's a cool club to be in. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel, and I am like severely, severely outclassed by those guys, but that's cool. They're like. They're older. Um, <laughs> that's my excuse for now. <laughs> um, but uh, like they're like six months older than me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't know. I mean, it's it's also insular and insane. Mm. You know what I mean? It's yeah. also like slightly insane, and it's good to get out of it and go like, oh right, like I'm actually trying to make stuff that communicates with actual people, right? And not like 14 people, the same 14 people at the same parties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is um and finally, uh, just looking back, what are you hoping gets celebrated, or something that wasn't celebrated in in the in the Oscars? Is there something that you really fell in love with this past hustlers, year? Hustlers, 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 really? hustlers, hustlers, J Lo. You were gutted when J-Lo didn't get the nomination? I can't. I literally can't understand it. It doesn't make sense, does it? Makes it makes absolutely no sense. No. Oh, my God. I agree so much. Totally objectively. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's so many awards I'm allowed shows. to say Hustlers eight times. Yes, so yes, you yes. can say someone else. Um, there's so many award shows. It's all yeah. good. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, for real, like, uh, just like a little... I don't know. I, it makes my head explode a little bit. Yeah, I I my mother's a hospice nurse. She's never been to a award show in her life. Right. She never won an award in her life. And I made a movie. And then for 12 months, I went around. Everyone patted me in the head and said, what a good job I did. Because I made a movie. How and dare money. you bring perspective I, to I, this? I don't know. Spell. It, just, it like makes me like a little <laughs> sick. I mean, like, yeah. it's like, like, I just think we can maybe, we can have two conversations at the same time, right? One, which is the very necessary thing of like the, the stories and storytellers need to be diversified. And, and if these awards help to diversify the storytelling and, and elevate people that need to be elevated and change a system, great. And also it's bullshit, right? Also like the, the Oscars look like- You need like, the self-awareness. Of well, like yeah. Yeah. it looks like Trump was the interior decorator. Like we're going to do gold, like a gold gilded anti-Trump show. Like what are we doing? So, sorry. I mean, this is like a separate thing, but yeah, I just... Uh, I'm just going to... We're just... Carrie, you and I should just step out of the room, let him just yeah, rant for a while. No, it's just like, come on. Like, you know, no, I got you. I got you, man. But it's like, great. You know what? If Parasite wins, I'll feel great. It's watching them get up in, at the SAG Awards makes it just so... It makes like, oh man, all of this is so worth it to totally. watch. 100%. Them get up. Uh, congratulations again on this one, guys. Uh, Promising Young Woman. It's going to be out in theaters in April. Very uh, uh, exceptional piece of work from both of you, as always. Uh, and I'll see you on the next one. Thanks, Thank guys. You. Thanks, Josh. Once again, the stars of Promising Young Woman. Ben, I loved Carrie Mulligan's festival rule. That was a new one for us, the 50-yard rule. It's a great rule. Thank you, Carrie Mulligan, for that. I think it applies not only to festivals, but to the regular movie-going experience. Just (laughs) let the film wash over you. Process it. Take a second. Then you can talk about it with your friend, whoever you experience the film with. And yeah, chances are at Sundance, within earshot, there will be somebody who is either going to buy the movie or was made the movie or produced the movie or represent someone in the movie. So yeah, good little Hollywood insider tip from Kerry Mogan. I co-signed that for sure. So we've obviously been talking to a lot of big name people, but it's important to at, at a festival like Sundance, as much as it is about the stars, it's really about discovering new talent. And it sounds like two of the, uh, the potential new talent that, that could emerge out of this festival you spoke to the other day, the stars of Beast Beast. Yeah, Beast Beast, a film directed by Danny Madden about a group of young people and their lives intersecting. Um, great performances. Nobody you've heard of yet, 
But I, I'm telling you, Josh, Shirley Chen just pops off the screen. She plays a young girl in high school who's the drama star of the school and the star of the school play. And she's destined for greatness. And she plays opposite Will Madden, who uh, is a guy who's graduated the high school and he's become a little too obsessed with starting his YouTube channel that's dedicated to guns and uh, gun safety and gun uh, just shooting culture. And you think the movie's going one way and it goes a completely different way. I'm very excited to see which way the careers go for Will Madden and Shirley Chen after this film and their time at Sundance. So here's my time with the cast of Beast Beast. All right, the Sundance Film Festival rolls on. We are joined now by Will Madden and Shirley Chen, two of the stars of Beast Beast, an incredibly powerful and moving, disturbing film. Congratulations, guys, on being here at Sundance. When you make something that is so heavy and weighty, what's it like when Danny, the director, says cut on set? Is everybody <laughs> hanging out and chatting, or it's uh, tough stuff you're dealing with? Um... I think I can speak to maybe like the bathroom scene that we had to do, which is one of a one of the hardest scenes yeah. I think to film. And I think for me, they I, I had this like safety pillow on set, and um, Danny and I think everyone else on set. There was kind of this sense of trust and like very much this environment of like freedom to kind of sulk in it essentially and come out when you're ready. And so sure. I would like kind of sit in my pillow and. Um, live with it and then let it breathe and move on but and a lot of your scenes will are by yourself you're in your room yeah, you're right you don't want to give away too much but you're a guy who's got a passion for guns yeah right yeah so uh and yeah that's a lot of things by yourself super isolated dude uh you know when the heavy stuff again a lot of the heavy stuff was me alone in the room so no other scene partners no one to kind of share the experience with other than Danny and the two other crew members who were in this five by ten foot space we were in so sometimes it would be like embracing hugs and some tears after certain moments. And sometimes it was like, all right, we don't have time to cry it out. Like we have 10 more scenes to do in the next two hours. So that's like, that's rock and roll. Well, we don't have time at Sundance to have these interviews go to waste. So I'm gonna try something. We'll see if it works at all. Cool. <laughs> oh, it worked. It worked. Sick. Wow. It worked. No, it's, it's not gonna Magic. last, so let's get these questions in. Cool, cool. Um, Talk to me a little bit about the camaraderie between the cast members, the young cast. Do you guys become friends? Did you hear it? Sundance popping around? What's it like to now be here in Utah after making this movie, I don't know, however many months before you were here? Yeah. yeah. I think it's been amazing. It's been a crazy reunion the last 24 hours. The reunion. Like, people yeah. I haven't seen it. Right. I haven't seen it in a year and a half. Yes. Um, again, I had a lot of scenes on my own. So <laughs> I do, it was a different experience for me, but... I'm sure surely it's been cool for you. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that the band of high school kids like definitely very much still stick together. Um, I remember like like last night, it was my last night of filming. We all went to Waffle House together and we all just like had a little jam session. It was my first time at Waffle House. Um, so stuff like that, I think kind of sticks with you. It's very much, I think Danny likes to say that uh, our set was kind of this like summer camp feeling and it's very much true in it. It feels a little, or a lot like that when we all get back together, too. Sundance feels a little bit like winter camp, you know? <laughs> yeah. That sure. same kind yeah. of vibe. Any rules or any tips for newbies to the festival? Have you guys been here before? Oh, man. It's, it's, We're both newbies. It's oh, both you our first time. times, yeah. Congratulations but, uh, on being here. Any rules that you kind of have picked up or The ones tricks? that I've been through, uh, um, the festivals I've been to, I think a rule that Dan and I kind of have followed, too, was like when it comes to scheduling what we want to see, it's we kind of go by who we meet. It's like, oh, you know, there's so many great things we want to see, but we'll meet someone at a party and 
then kind of get to know them and be like, I really want to see this person, uh, you know, meet them through their work. So that'll kind of plan our schedule for the week following, depending on who we kind of hang out with and meet at the parties at, at uh, night. That's really cool. And I can tell you're genuine in that because I'm sure a lot of people in Hollywood will be like, oh, you have a movie here. Cool, cool. I'll see it. And then they go about it and do whatever they got to yeah, do. But yeah. you use that as a, as a way to navigate the festival. Yeah. You spend 20 minutes with somebody, you go to the next place and you walk around. And then it's like, I got to see this person's work and like kind of, you know, re-meet them in a way. Surely there's some scenes you have um, when you're on stage in the movie where your character yeah. is going through all of these kind of exercises that yeah. I would, I've never studied acting, but I would imagine <laughs> that people who do kind of have to, you know, participate in. Yeah. Are those little tricks that you actually use in your own craft or were you just kind of doing them in the movie? Oh, um, well, uh, me and Krista are quite similar in the sense that um, I was a big theater kid in high school, as also was Will. Um, but uh, I went to performing arts high school. I was a theater major. So basically everything I did was just standing and was like, just do whatever you did in class. And so that's basically everything I did in class. Yeah, yeah. Danny had visited me a lot when I was studying in college theater. So he had seen a lot of actor warm up, you know, the 20 minutes before you start class. He sat in and seen us pre-show, all the weird things actors do on the stage, you know, to get ready, to get open, to get free. So I think he put a lot of that in and then trusted the actors to just bring their own kind of personality to it. Without giving anything away, there's a scene where your character, Shirley, is trying to find old home movies from her childhood because she was making funny movies with her friends, which is something we all can kind of relate to. What would the little versions of yourselves have to say about the fact that you're here at Sundance in a movie produced by Alec Baldwin, you're hanging out in media lounges, doing interviews, (laughs) like, have you wrapped your head around all of this? Um, I think for me, I mean, I definitely remember these home movies with me and my brother, like, actually my brother used to, like, make me pose, and we would do, like, little photo shoots, and we would pretend, like, we liked Buffy the Vampire Slayer a lot, so we would act out Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like, I was, I was Cindy the Vampire Slayer back in the day, um, and I know... It's weird being with all these people you kind of look up to. Um, I saw Laura Bell Bundy, and I love Legally Blonde the musical. <laughs> and so that was cool. And I know it's all really surreal. It doesn't feel real at all. But I'm very grateful. Yeah. It would be, he'd be insane. This 12-year-old will be like, yeah, I want to be in Gladiator. Like He'd be screaming. <laughs> he wouldn't know what's going on. I don't even know what's going on. But it, yeah, it's kind of, it's uh, even right now, we're kind of just flying by the seat of our pants, meeting so many great people, having its crazy experiences. And, and usually it's like journaling at the end of the day that kind of helps me process it. And then I'm sure a year from now, I'll be like, what happened there? Yeah. So, yeah. I'm so glad you say, said that. That's something I like to do when I'm out here at Sundance to just kind of write down all the crazy things that yeah. happened in movies I saw and things that yeah. really struck yeah. a chord with me. So yeah. it's great yeah. to hear you guys experiencing it for the same way for the first time. Awesome. So congratulations. And I Thank hope to see you. you for many, many more years cool. here at Sundance. Thank you, Thank you so you, much. Appreciate it. Great chat as always, Ben. The stars of Beast Beast. Big things to come for those two. I'm calling it now for sure. Nice. So that about wraps up episode nine of the Festival Rules. I'm exhausted. Honestly, I've just hit my Sunday's wall. Save some in the tank, I hope, because we have one more episode. One more episode. Best of, yes. (laughs) Um, uh, One more reminder. Marathon. One more reminder, guys. Remember to spread the good word of the festival rules. Uh, review, rate, subscribe, tell your friends. We want to make more of these, and and your involvement and your reviews really mean a lot to us. So. Festival rule number 227. Get more than three hours sleep a night. This is a good goal, Ben. Uh, we'll see you guys. A on- goal, not a rule. <laughs> we'll see you guys on episode 10 next time. Yeah.